Welcome back to another episode of Vibe and Cultivate with Maya. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. And thank you, Kieran, for coming on the show. Um, this is the first time I'm recording something on Zoom to upload for this. So this is so interesting, but it's also such a great opportunity to connect since we're in different places. I can see how cute your apartment is. Thank you. Um, I have with me here today, Kieran Singh. We used Hi. to be roommates <laughs> in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. Kieran is originally from the DC area. She currently goes to Virginia Tech. She's graduating very soon and she's majoring in fashion merchandising. So she's very smart and very wise about everything <laughs> fashion, everything like media and magazines and celebrities like she's the person I go to for all of (laughs) so I could not think of anyone better to talk about finding your look with I'm so excited to talk to you it's just gonna be how we normally talk I know honestly I remember when we were in our dorm room I would hear like some of the conversations that we would have and I would just be like this is too good like this is too entertaining (laughs) For people to not hear. And then, like, people would be around us and, like, we'd get that look, like, oh, my God, like, these girls are kind of different. <laughs> it was always funny. Um, it's so funny when, and we, like, still do this, which is so funny, when we, like, accidentally wear basically the same thing. Usually when it's cold outside, we wear the yeah. same thing. Otherwise, we have very different styles, but it's just really funny. <laughs> That's so true. Like, I remember in our closet um, which was huge it was like a separate room you could put a bed in there honestly (laughs) like this whole apartment is the size of that closet yeah but that is really interesting like we seasonally have the same style I think there's like less variety we're gonna talk about that though we're from opposite coasts here it's from the east coast I'm from the west coast and we moved to Antarctica for college in Chicago and And endured the polar vortex. The polar vortex for people who weren't living here um, is when it's, what was it like negative 50 degrees? Yeah, maybe even 50. Everything was shut down, school school ended. And I went to like Chicago with the idea that like, they don't close anything down, like school-wise at least, like I'm coming from an area like where I went to high school, we got a lot off for very little snow, very little snow, we would get a snow day, whatever. So that's what I'm used to. And I was like, it's going to be the complete opposite. Yeah, not here. But when (laughs) our school did close, that was like the most shocking thing. This episode is about how to find your look, how you found your sense of fashion, how that's like, an extenuation of like identity and self and stuff like that and then giving people some advice on how to establish their look so we're gonna get into some questions about that and then just things we've like observed and how people are influenced to have their look be less like individualized because I feel like people go through that a lot with social media and celebrity influencer stuff all the time our looks have changed a lot um like everybody's but like I think that's a unique perspective like we've at least for us we have dressed really different in the past how did you find your look I remember when he texted me this 
question and I was like yeah I'll get back to you because I tried texting I tried to form my thoughts on this and I was like I don't know my first answer was tv my mom showed me a lot of old tv when I was younger or not even old like 90s like we're 21 22 like that's old you know what I mean but I also saw a lot of shows from like the 50s and 60s there was like an image of a girl and she was always very like the confident one or whatever maybe not a character in those shows but she would come in and everybody like wanted to be her you know like there's always like kind of that kind of character in a show and I just really like she seemed so powerful like damn I want to be that I was like okay well these are the colors that this girl wears like for example I really like Fran Fine and the nanny I used to watch I Love Lucy with my mom and in it, it was the 50s and like a significant gift is, was a mink coat or a stole like real fur. And I was like, I have a lot of fur coats, faux fur co- coats, but like, I know I got it kind of from here and there. And I was like, I noticed really young, I really like dark colors, the color black. That was also always like really comforting and safe to me. I remember in Girl Scouts in fourth grade, I was wearing like black joggers and some black top. And there we were talking about fashion and I was just like, oh, like this is my favorite outfit. And I remember like the lady who was re- le- leading it was like, oh, okay. Like from a fourth grader girl, like she like <laughs> black, like, okay. Anything that made me feel powerful, I wear. I think what you say about the TV shows that you watched growing up, that makes so much sense as to like yeah. your fashion choices. Like I, I totally see it now. Um, I think TV, if you know, like most kids watch TV growing up and the shows that you watch directly influence how you interpret like what it means to be a girl and what it means to be like, a person here like living in this country in you're the US. right they were definitely like kind of molds without me like realizing that or my mom showing me this being like oh she will think she will be like her no 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 it was just kind of I'm gonna try to be like this right now and like yeah. see how it feels and it's like okay this is not my identity right now maybe like or like you know the way I look and stuff move on think what comes to mind for me right now when you said tv shows and you said i love lucy in my head i was saying hannah montana (laughs) because that was what i watched as a kid and just like the ridiculous like mid-2000s like terrible outfits with tinsel scarves and hats that didn't match and like that was the shit that i wanted to wear like i wanted the stuff from like justice did you ever like shop there as a kid? Yeah. Yeah. But it's so interesting how like wholesome your first influences of fashion are. The things that we saw as young kids, while we don't dress exactly the same as we did when we were eight, it still shows a little bit. Like I gravitate towards a lot of bright colors and like I'm I'm wearing black right now, but you know, like mm-hmm. usually I would be wearing colorful stuff. I've always been kind of attracted to like frilly things like that. Like I I really like fur. I like mini skirts a lot. And like even just fashion in general is includes beauty and, and makeup too. And like I've always 
always loved makeup so much. I remember like when I was younger, my best friend at the time, the goodie bags were like little like kid makeup kits. And I was so, so excited. Like when I first started doing my makeup, that was just awesome. It just made me feel like I was taking care of myself. I can also do whatever I want. And we had YouTube too to learn how to do all this stuff. So that was definitely a really cool avenue to explore. And it's crazy how like most people in our generation and younger learned how to do makeup from YouTube. Like there was no other way to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think about that sometimes. Cause like if I didn't have YouTube, I wouldn't know a thing about yeah like what to do when shows like euphoria or come out or like like someone does a photo shoot and you really want to copy that makeup like someone out there is going to do it and then you can like see how they like it's even just so satisfying to watch like people really can transform their faces and it's just so cool how do you feel about creative expression that we see in a lot of gen z people that's really just way like off the rails like crazy people doing whatever they want experimenting with all these different things versus like more of the status quo that we see with a lot of celebrities and like high fashion models and stuff I know we've talked about the Kardashians a lot and Kendall Jenner and all that and I feel like that's really interesting for people to like hear your perspective on that because it always kind of rubs me the wrong way when people just see a celebrity and anything they do is considered like so like revolutionary and artistic and creative but it's like no I feel like the most creative people are just like individuals and young people and people like experimenting so like what do you think about that when you were asking that question what comes to mind is like kind of that trend that some YouTube and like TikTok maybe commentators say is like is that an outfit or she just skinny like, is it just the brand name that's on the shirt? Like, what are, like, what are we doing? And first of all, wear whatever makes you happy whenever you want. If it's not the right season, if it's just ugly and you like it, always fucking wear it. I mean, always wear it. <laughs> I mean, you're allowed to think that something a celebrity is wearing isn't cute. And sometimes it is cute. And that's also fine to admit. Like, but also, yeah, it really annoys me when people think that with people wear like certain people wear is like gold no matter what there's a lot of youtube videos like on this which are a lot more knowledgeable on that than me but i'm not afraid i guess to be like no she's ugly like that not she's ugly that outfit like it's nothing special it's just her yeah because we have so many places to like go and look at them now yeah and we can copy them really easily with fast fashion and stuff i think it's an easy route to take but you're like, nothing's wrong with that. Just, but you're allowed to experiment. So you yeah. don't like something, do what you want. Or if you don't know if it's a good output or it's skinny or what it is, you know what I mean? Like try it on and like, see how you look in it. I think with the Kardashians and really anybody right now, whether it's like Hailey Baldwin or Miley Cyrus or Bella Hadid, these women are just examples of very influential people in fashion at this point in history. Because if you look back, Mm -hmm. people had the same idolatry for like Madonna, Janet Jackson, Marilyn. And it was the same thing where they're like, does it actually matter what the clothes are or is it the person? Mm -hmm. 
And I think the difference that's come about now is that the most famous people and the people who are looked to as like these fashion gods, it's not because they necessarily influenced history and culture based on like what they have to offer, whether it's like musical talent or acting or writing, anything like that. It's just like Instagram. It's so interesting how the standards for what is good and what is beautiful has like drastically changed and how it's kind of like distorted this idea of perfection. Like when you look at ideal body types Mm -hmm. over the decades, that's kind of Mm -hmm. what I think of as well. The word good or like beautiful has changed so much. Oh yeah. When I think about like celebrities and how like in the past, there have been, yeah, Madonna, like special icons and their fashion icons. But those were also in times where there wasn't social media. So our view of them was less. I mean, like MTV award shows in magazines. That's where you would see them. We are obviously seeing less looks. And so things that they influence, like their trends, could we could say last longer. And maybe mm-hmm. people associate lasting longer with if it's a trend or a, like a classic fit, you know what I mean? But I don't know. I just think that's an interesting thing to look at, like with social media and stuff. And we got to see more outfits from these people from the past. Would they still have the same influence? Because I think now it's more inclusive, like it's easier to have that influence like with TikTok and stuff, it's multiple outfits in a video. It's easier to follow trends. And there are more trends. There's more and more and more micro trends. So I feel like it's harder for people to last in that environment without having like a actually like unique style. And I just think that comes from authenticity, not just wearing like, I don't want to say anything specific because like wear what you want. But like, you know, like this is ugly, but you know what? This logo is everywhere. So like right. I'm going to wear it and people are going to think I'm so cool. But like, will that last? Is that sustainable? Yeah. Maybe the Kardashians are icons and in pop culture and whatever, people will reference them like we reference people from the past. You don't have to like their style or whatever, but like they seem sustainable. What I've observed from the Kardashians, I thought of so many things as you were talking, but specific to this, while some of their looks are like not everybody's cup of tea, I do think they're pretty consistent in terms of like- Consistent. Even if you look at like Kim Kardashian's line and Khloe Kardashian's line, it's not crazy prints and logos with their name all over it. It's like pretty classic. I feel like there's something to be said about that. And it's like um, an overall image to maintain. Yeah. And that's a similarity with in the past, let's just use Marilyn Monroe, consistency. And also if we're exposed to her less, it's so much easier also to maintain that this is my look. What you were saying about TikTok and how there's several looks just like flashing through in one video, which like for some people, they're like having to pause it. Like, oh my God, that's what I have to do. I'm like, I didn't even see that. Like, I I don't know. I need to like download it and play it in slow motion or something. (laughs) But like, I feel like the equivalent of that when we were kids was like opening a magazine and seeing like the side by side pictures of different outfits and being like, upcoming this season i used to read those all the time and then this time it's like there's a bunch of little editors and we get to see different aesthetics and everything we want but also there's micro trends that come from that and like fast fashion obviously like there's a whole video it's with mina lee it's about i think the title is like she in something but she talks about how there's so many micro trends because of fast fashion can 
turn something over in like three days. Like, that's great. We get a copy of whatever designer this is, but the clothes aren't meant to last. And also it's just a trend because a new trend will come after that. I do try out trends. If I don't like it, I don't, I don't wear it. And I used to do this a lot more, but like, I've noticed certain things in my closet where it's just like, that was a trend, but I still like it. So I'm going to still wear it. I like it. I'm wearing it. I'm valuing this item. I feel like people aren't doing that as much because it's so easy to get and so cheap that you can just constantly be trendy. Also, what I've heard from like female friends who think about the same thing is if you don't feel like you have a strong sense of your own fashion sense and how you want to express yourself, you rely more on trends because if other people are dressing this way, then you know it's socially acceptable to dress this way. So it's kind of easier. And I, I understand that completely. While I don't identify with it, I can, I can get it, you know, because like everybody just wants to look pretty. Everyone just wants to be accepted, you know, and if you see a bunch of people on Instagram wearing a tie-dye dress, then you're like, okay, that's what people are doing. So that's what I want to do. And there is power in that. And I think that's cool. Um, I think fast fashion is and will be like a really big problem for a while. What I hear from people a lot to tie in what you were saying about having stuff in your closet that's trendy that you may or may not like. Like I know people who their whole closet is full of Shein and Boohoo and Pretty Little Things and Fashion Nova, and it's all these like crazy prints and crazy patterns that were popular in 2017, and they're not going to wear it anymore. And I've done that. We're not saying like we don't participate in fast fashion at all or have ever. I took the sustainability and fashion um, elective at my school, and it got me to think just like more about buying sustainably. I learned more about like the life cycle of a garment. The way I see it is like, okay, let's say we're going to buy from a fast fashion site but everything in the cart will I wear it more than once like it, I'm not gonna buy like corduroy pants from like pretty little thing expecting it to last like that's dumb it's so important to buy quality and a lot of the time when you want to buy quality it's not buying Shein it's not buying pretty little thing whatever but also like I like I don't have the money to just get everything like quality and from a sustainable brand and stuff but for like basics and things I know I'm going to keep wearing again and again and again. And I also know my style. So it's kind of easy to assess that. I really don't have that much clothes. Me and my friend were actually talking about this. She was like, my closet is so bare right now because I realized I wear like seven things and they all kind of go together. She kind of like also pushed me and inspired me to be like, come on, what do you not wear? It's most likely an item from Fashion Nova. We're not buying from Fashion Nova anymore. Overall, I would consider my fashion spending habits and the way that I gravitate towards certain style brands used not used is like pretty minimalist still and that partially comes from like being kind of broke and not being able to just go out and buy whatever I want but I found that also even when I was at certain points in my life where I had more money to spend I invested in pieces or accessories that were gonna last me and that were purposeful when I had my last job I had an opportunity to like invest in more things and I chose to buy this particular item and it was the worked the black yeah I knew you were gonna say that I was like I know it's um that pretty little liars tote <laughs> that was 
my first okay i have this note in my phone that's called like big purchases and i put shit in there when i'm like okay i want this today but i can't afford this today when i'm making more money this is what i'm gonna buy because it's a priority and sometimes i go back into that note and i'm like why was i looking at a vase on amazon that's like 40 dollars that i don't need like you know amazon. Like, i feel like that was kind of a healthy thing for me because when i got the bag that i really wanted I waited like six to eight months before I got it. And then when I did, I was like, this was a decision I made for myself. And it's something that's going to last me so long. It felt good. I was watching this TikTok. If you've ever seen like sustainable TikTok where people are like 10 sustainable things in my mom's house that just make sense. And that was one of these videos. And okay. one of the things was a 10 year old sweatshirt. And I never really thought about how using your clothes for as long as you possibly can is sustainable. Yeah, until until like I took this class and we kept going in depth over like the lifespan of clothing, et cetera. And like even the process of sourcing and, and creating these clothes and like upcycling. That's something like you do, you paint, you paint on your jeans and stuff like that. But also there's like resale market which is like huge and still becoming super huge. I think things like that is like another sustainable way of buying things or even like bigger purchases. Just being more mindful of like what you're spending. And I'm not going to say don't do this anymore, but spending like frivolously or like when I'm sad, bored, upset, like, okay, let's go to Target and like buy all this really cute stuff from the $5 section. I think what's taught me so much about conservation and reusing things as much as you can and only owning things that are purposeful is that I've moved so many times. Yeah. I don't even know. I'm on my like fifth apartment at this point. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sick of this. Like I'm sick of packing up all my stuff and moving again, moving again. And getting boxes and then putting yeah, everything in the nice bag. Answer. I Thanks. will say Facebook Marketplace has been my lifesaver. And um, I'm not gonna lie, I also have a cousin that works at Wayfair and he hooks yeah. me up with the things that I need. But that was only like a couple things. The rest of this okay. shit is from like other places, but um I don't know, like I think sourcing my stuff sustainably is something I'm proud of and it's something that I've been doing since I was in high school because I found it fascinating like being able to craft an entire outfit from Goodwill I would consider that a skill to put on my resume like I agree because I don't do any of that I've never been into thrifting and stuff but you have and I remember one of our first experiences together is with we used to live with like another roommate who was great, but she decided to move out. But you guys really liked thrifting, or at least were interested in it. And I was like walking around the city with you guys. And I remember going to these thrift shops and I was like, really not interested. But like, I wish I was, and I wish I did look around. I think I had people around me who also thrifted a lot. Was that like not really a thing where you went to high school or with your friends? I know some people who did it and like- I, like, I can think of people who do it. Like, one of my good friends, I know, I remember in high school, like, she would always thrift, and she probably still does today. But I was never the one to be like, oh, there's a cool thrift shop in D.C., let's go. So when you moved to Chicago, how did that impact your fashion sense or how you viewed your style, if at all? Well, first, I'm going to explain some things I had to do, which maybe are not fun for Chicago, and I know you can relate. Every morning... When I have class, or when I did have class in Chicago, um, I would get up, do my makeup, 
go. That's really how like I would get myself to go if I can like get myself together looking nice because I wasn't that happy. And so I would do my makeup and the minute I would leave the dorm, all my mascara would go down <laughs> my face because the wind would hit me and I'd be crying. So I had to put eye drops in. And then also like wind, my hair, like it would just be a mess. I found it's way easier to just keep it straight. I don't straighten my hair ever anymore, really. Mostly because oh. I'm lazy. And I would always straighten my hair in Chicago and wearing it up away from my face. Those are things like I started to do and continued to do. You have to wear like super warm clothes. I can't wear certain boots because I'll slip in the ice. Certain things like that I had to learn to adjust to. But really, I think... Mm, for me, it wasn't as big of an adjustment as it was for you because I'm used to like somewhat cold weather. Like I'm from the East Coast. Um, a lot of my family lives in New York. Like I've been around the cold. What I had to get used to was wearing that like huge, we even had the same one, that Patagonia, like parka. We still have it. Right. I live yeah. here. Like it get, I live in the mountains here. It gets cold. I love that jacket, yeah. but like, no, it's, I'm, you know, it's not that cute. Your cute outfit can be underneath. I really had to get knocked into my head. Wear proper shoes. Shoes were a hard thing. Like, I knew I needed snow boots. I I had yeah. never had snow boots in my entire life, nor a coat or anything, like, real. Honestly, my whole life I've worn sandals, flip-flops, sneakers, volleyball shoes, running shoes, and heels. That was it, you know? Like, I didn't even really like boots. When I was little, fun fact... Me and my dad had matching white sneakers. Aww. And we, like, always got the same pair, like, three years in a row. <laughs> That's really cute. Moving here was a huge adjustment for my fashion sense. And I don't even think, I don't think I'm still, like, fully adjusted. I don't know if I ever will be. Because the way that I naturally dress is reflective of the culture I come from, which is from an island and then from the West Coast, like, I still love like bikini shopping and while I can only wear that like three months out of the year <laughs> here, like I'm still going to do it. Trying to find that balance between like doing the things that you still like and partaking in the aspects of fashion culture that you still like. And then also being like weather appropriate, <laughs> you know, um, like I definitely don't wear sandals anymore because what do I look like being out here wearing flip-flops like just nobody really does that something that we've talked about a lot and that comes with like moving to the midwest although Chicago is a city like the midwest is more traditional not quite as progressive as like the west coast especially in the east coast my freshman year the way that my fashion sense was interpreted from like by others was way more like intense and more extreme than anything I would have anticipated because prior to coming here I didn't consider myself like a fashion forward person like I didn't think that I was really? like no not at all because no. they're like in the bay like there's so much expression like if you go to a thrift store like there's stuff in there that's like even out of pocket for me that I wouldn't even wear because it's so out there so the way that I dress, while some people like it, some people don't, whatever, or it's like my clothes are tailored to fit me well, or the color scheme is good. That's kind of like the standard, I would say. Like there are some people who don't care 
about fashion. So it's just not something they invest time in, but everyone kind of dresses well. And then here, hearing from people even now who say like, oh, I remember the outfit you were wearing when I met you three years ago. And I'm like, how? Like, what was I wearing? Like, please tell me. I remember like, I was just like, she likes pattern and she likes color. And you probably noticed about me, she likes black. That's what, that's it. (laughs) I wore a lot of skirts in Chicago. Yeah. More than I ever did before. I think the pressures I have felt out here that I'm starting to care less about are the looks I get from people that I try to ignore. But it's like, if you show more skin, people like look at you several times. Do you get more attention if you do that? Yeah. Even though like we supposedly have a beach right there. Oh my God. Why wouldn't we be dressing the way we are? But okay. None of what I say in this episode is meant to come off as like judging people because everyone is who they are and dresses how they do because of the environment they grew up in. But for me, the environment I grew up in being like way less conservative, a lot more progressive, very free. There's a lot of things that I just don't get (laughs) out here. And like what you said about the beach, like people, even when they go to the beach, they dress so modestly. And like, I don't. You definitely patterns and bright colors and you don't dress like people around there yeah like you just don't but you've maintained your identity not to say that you're not allowed to switch up what you're wearing or whatever you want to do but how you dress reflects your culture I think the other side of it when it comes to dressing quote unquote flashy to some people the way that I have dressed has sometimes been misinterpreted or like misjudged by people as like she's just asking for attention or she just wants attention and so she's like I I would get that a lot like my first couple years of college and you're just doing what you're trying to do like you're just being like what like I'm wearing clothes that I bought like four years ago in high school I'm not trying you know like but to other people who have a, a different approach to fashion that's more simple or more understated more like covered then it's like oh why is she dressing like that that is a problem of internalized misogyny that doesn't just exist here I think it exists in a lot of communities and in a lot of places but I have found that it was harder for me to feel comfortable in spaces like that or around people like that and obviously not everyone's like that like I had friends who have the same attitudes about fashion as me and were able to have conversations like this and they're from here like they're from the midwest or from like even like really conservative towns but like they get it Mm -hmm. so how would you describe how people dress at your school my first semester was in person and then it was the pandemic and then up until this semester I've really just been online yeah so I just want to keep everyone in mind um but I would say people dress comfortably and our campus is really big so people do have to like walk a lot sometimes, you know, depending on their major. I wouldn't say anybody really dresses up to class. I am a fashion major, but I think they just kind of wear what they want, um, what they feel comfortable in. It just reflects like how busy they are, like comfort color, t-shirts, leggings, stuff like Mm -hmm. that. How has your fashion expression, buying clothes and how you dress, how has that changed in the past couple of years as you're like nearing the end of college? So I would say in Chicago, I was in a high part of my like fashion, I guess, life cycle, whatever. Um, even in middle school and high school, I'd always dress up. So I carried that into going to school in Chicago. I was in the business 
school. So that campus is like in the city, you have to take the L. So I would dress like I, like the other people on the subway at 8 a.m., like they're dressed professionally. When you go into those buildings, it's like a it's like a work building. Like you're in the city, you're in Chicago. I just want to dress like it. It doesn't feel like school. Then moving here, more relaxed to the mountains on a farm. Um, we have a beautiful campus. Uh, I had to take the bus. I There was a lot of walking. This is also important. I only ever have classes two to three times a week. So for those days, I would get ready for them. You know, Tuesday, Thursday, do my makeup, put an outfit on. But as time went on, the pandemic came and I kind of fell off of it for two years. I do my makeup and I do put an outfit on and whatever because it makes me feel good. But I was a lot more relaxed in my style. And I actually loved the fact that we were wearing loungewear a lot and we could look cute in loungewear. I feel like that's what I did a lot in high school. And so I was like, damn, this is easy. And then, you know, we're all going outside a little bit more. It's been a couple of years and a lot of like things are back in style. Fur trims are back in style. So that means there's so many more options, like affordable options for me to shop. And it kind of, I got that spark back that like, I like dressing super feminine. Also, I'm just going to wear what I want because here when you go out, et cetera, like my friends, we're all from the same area back home. We usually do look overdressed for a little town. And so it's like, if you're going to look overdressed, we might as well just do it. It's kind of oh. like, I don't care. Like that, that energy has always been there. I feel like I go through highs and lows of that. And it's been a while since I was just like, oh, wow, I really, I really don't care. I'm just going to wear whatever the hell I want. This doesn't yeah. look right together, but I like how this looks together. Like I have a pair of these like Zara capris that are kind of flared and they're like leather and they're cream and they kind of look like old lady pants, but I love them. I love them with heels and like, I love wearing them and I have no shame to wear them here when maybe I would have shame to wear it in a city or when I'm back home, but mm -hmm. like kind of just wearing whatever I want here. I was like, I, this all doesn't matter. I'm going to wear dress however I want to dress wherever I am being in a big city there's more judgment that's kind of what i'm hearing from you like yeah people are more inclined to be like why is that person wearing this like why did and i i see it so much here i think it is i think it's kind of a chicago thing too like i don't see as harsh of opinions where i'm from but i i get that how there's more freedom when you're in more of like a spaced out area where you're around a bunch of college students and so you can kind of experiment with different things and it's like safer. Something that has always kind of come up for me, how gender plays into finding your look and then pretty privilege and what is pretty privilege. And I've had it also described as desire capital, which is now like my favorite term on the planet. So if you think about it, like pretty privilege is something people talk about all the time. Like, oh, somebody just got this because they're pretty. Like, people treat them like this or they got this opportunity because they're pretty. People have kind of come up with a counter argument that pretty privilege isn't real. It's actually desire capital. So if you are more desirable, that is your capital to further you in life. And it's not something to be ashamed of. And it's not something to be like, oh, my God, like, do they actually think I'm good at my job? Do they actually think that I'm this or that, or is it just because of how I look? I feel like reframing it that way, whenever I think about it, it's changed my outlook so much because I 
can't tell you how many times I've been given like misogynistic comments from men and from women that are just like, oh, you would be more respected if you dress this way. Basically saying like, you should dress down so that people take you more seriously. I can relate. Like, you like shit. Right. And it's just like very resentful. Telling that to me, you're placing me below you. Yeah. Even the word privilege, like when we talk about other forms of privilege, like white privilege, male privilege. These are things that are fixed traits about someone. Pretty privilege, it's subjective. Criticizing people for being pretty. (laughs) I think it's kind of inherently mean because you're like telling people that they need to change how they present themselves to be respectable. And what environments like have people talk that way to you? Educational and social. So to me, it's kind of appalling. I mean, to really get into it, like how much I've been objectified at my school over the years, even by professors and like by other students and stuff. And I think it's the most jarring when it comes from a professor. For me, it goes so much farther beyond fashion because most of the time it doesn't really matter what I'm wearing and it has everything to do with how I look. Being someone who is a minority and who is mixed race, I've had so many times where like I go into a professor's office usually a white male professor because in the poli side department it's all white men you know and I go in there I'm trying to network I'm trying to get help on an assignment I'm trying to help get help with a final whatever it is talk about my grade and the only thing they want to talk about is oh what's your ethnicity like oh like oh I I think I've heard of that place like I think I know what that is um I like my family's from Guam so they'll be like oh like I've been to Hawaii and I'm like can we not have this conversation? That would happen to me so much more in Chicago. People were so much more forward with asking right off the bat, like where you're from, like ethnically or, you know, however they want to phrase it. Virginia Tech people are nice in my experience. However, yeah. like they're not as forward with that. Yeah. And they were very forward. I remember in an Uber drive, Uber like car, he was like talking to me about like Asia, how he wanted to move to Asia. And he was driving me to my internship. He said like, oh, I hate the food from this country. You're not from there, right? And I was like, like can we just get stop? Can we stop? That is crazy. Like, I'm not saying I get offended when people ask me my ethnicity. No, not at all. I don't care. Ask whatever. Like maybe I have a greater threshold, mm-hmm. but the guessing game is like, not that fun like maybe don't play the guessing game with people right when you meet them yeah I agree I agree or just Uh, like going straight to that is not is not a good way to start off a conversation getting back to what we were saying about pretty privilege or desire capital when I say that that's like a misogynistic principle The reason why I connect that to misogyny is that when someone is choosing how to present themselves and they identify as more femme, more feminine, they like playing with floral patterns or like bright colors, pinks, purples, yellows and stuff, being criticized for that. When we're talking about this, you're not talking about pretty privilege. You're just talking about like dressing feminine and like is that what we're talking about or getting shamed for looking overly feminine in certain settings for me honestly it's kind of the same thing like it's the same problem yeah because i I need to think about that more i think of like not getting taken seriously because you're wearing pink or like you have this jewelry on or makeup or whatever like something about it is just like we're not gonna 
um, respect you. When I think they're pretty privileged, it's more of just getting treated better because of the way you're presenting yourself. Okay, so maybe it's just bias. Like that's kind of the overarching term because like pretty privilege is, as you said, being treated better and then being criticized for looking too feminine or whatever, like that's a negative. So I do see how those things are different. What I've grappled with a lot and why it's so hard for me to like formulate my thoughts on this is I feel like there is no way to like please everyone. Like there's no way to like make sure that you're respected in every setting and I don't think that's something that a lot of like men go through like they just don't really identify with that maybe I don't know but like we have to consider so many things like when you go into a job we sure have to consider so many more things and unfortunately I think that the everyday stuff beyond just like how you show up to an event or how you show up to a job interview but like what you wear when you walk outside and you go to the grocery store or something like it gets so exhausting to a point where it makes you want to like shrink down and like show less of yourself wear a hoodie and sweats because then you won't get attention for looking a certain way and I really hate that because like ripping all the fun out of it to do a simple task yeah it's definitely not fair that when you present yourself for like a job interview etc like technically your knowledge and like your ability to do whatever is going to be asked of you should not be equated to how you look or have any influence on that that's just not the way it is and people have to present themselves a certain way to be even like enter the space of being considered the reason i've been thinking about this lately is i'm in an international business class right now and my professor is a woman from romania and her name is mona pearl And her class is one of the best things I've ever taken. And I take a lot of what she says and I consider it very deeply because she has a lot of experience. Some advice that she was giving us, we work in a global environment right now. Our projects for a global expansion, we work with students from Hong Kong and Brazil. As she was talking about like cultural perspective, she's very straight up and she was like, you will all be judged for so many different things. Like, and you will not be able to control whether or not someone judges you. People will judge you for being too ugly. They will judge you for being too pretty. So what do you do with that? This is life. This is reality. So what do you do? You know, like, are you just going to quit? Like, are you just going to not show up to work because like someone judged you? Or like, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, oh shit, Mona. Okay. Like you really got me thinking about this. And because that is something that I've dealt with, I feel very frustrated in professional roles that I've had law and government and all these things like when I have my clerkship I wore pantsuits every day but it doesn't even matter what you dress like the fact that you don't wear skirts or look more feminine or whatever it's just like the fact that you're a woman makes you treated differently like they wouldn't let me push a file cart because I was a woman and like that was like my job was to make their life easier so many examples it is something that I've struggled with accepting that your look is just your look just because like other people judge you it doesn't mean you have to change You just have to learn how to adapt to that environment, like how to advocate for yourself. And I think I'm just like still learning how to do that. Yeah, I mean, me too, I think. I definitely have less experience in a professional setting or even academic setting, getting told like that's not appropriate or having to alter 
my look for, let's say, a presentation. I know we've talked about this before. Like for one of my classes, it's a, it's a marketing class. We have to give presentations. Typically for a presentation, at least like my old roommate, she would have to wear like, a again, a blazer, like modest colors, sleeves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but for me, I can wear this like fur sweater and like jewelry it's fine my nails are like this you know like I don't ever feel like I have to inhibit the way I look I just have to look put together and as long as I feel like I'm going to the way I look is going to help me present the best I can then it's all good like I don't have to be wearing a blazer um and even for my internships I've had like many I had two internships in Chicago one with a yoga brand and the other one with a like luxury sustainable shoe company and so like I did have to you know wear the clothing of the yoga brand but it didn't alter the way I look because I still had my makeup and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I've always been able to like have little bits of myself and had more freedom to dress the way I wanted to dress because they've all been basically fashion that reminds me I got some really good advice from someone when you're put in a situation kind of like what you're talking about with your internship where you're maybe a little outside your comfort zone or you have to wear mm-hmm. something that you wouldn't usually wear. For me, I was at a point in my life where a lot of my clothes like weren't fitting me anymore. And that did a lot of damage to like my psyche. And I was just like, not feeling myself. Some advice I got on how to deal with that was to look at certain pieces of like jewelry that were meaningful to me and that made me feel good and made me feel confident regardless of what I was wearing. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And the jewelry I mentioned was these gold hoops that were my grandma's and these like black and gold studs that she brought from El Salvador. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, like my grandma passed away. So like, I don't have really anything from her besides like jewelry. And when I get to wear that, I feel more like myself. And the advice I got was to make that a priority when I can't wear clothes that like make me feel confident. That is really good advice that I've never heard. Yeah. I really like that. Also something I really always wanted to do when I was younger. I love wearing jewelry and not taking it off. And like, so what I've worn on my hands, I've worn since like high school. It just feels like me when I wear them. Jewelry has become such like a staple for me. And it wasn't before because when I was an athlete, I couldn't wear rings. I couldn't wear bracelets or anything or even necklaces, mm-hmm. no earrings. I and had I no. Probably have nails either, right? In high school? No, no, yeah. I never had nails. It was like a huge change for me. So it's kind of crazy how like having longer nails, wearing rings and stuff, how that's kind of like a part of my identity now, low key, but it's like, rings for sure like the crystals and stuff when i came to visit you we went to the crystal store super silver in santa cruz santa cruz that's where we went like that store was such a reflection of the area we were in when i think of you like i know you're not from santa cruz but like that area was very much a reflection of you what advice do you have for people who are trying to find their look maybe they've tried some stuff or they feel lost and they just don't really know what to do I think trends are a fine place to start if you want to. Like that could be an avenue if you don't exactly know what you want to wear. I would say go on TikTok, Instagram, whatever you want to go on, watch TV. Like I'm, I don't really like social media to be honest, but I do. Like I love Pinterest. I love Pinterest, and I'll add to like a board for the year. Like any images that remind, like kind of give me the feel of what I want to look like, not mm-hmm. just clothes. 
right? And so you can pull like different colors from that. I really like looking at Vivian Westwood corsets that have, you know, that specific like kind of Renaissance imagery from like painting mm-hmm. from the corsets. Like I really love looking at that. And I love those colors recently. I would never, but like just through looking through Pinterest, I like, oh, I could wear that. So I just think expand what like the sources you're looking at, wear whatever makes you feel confident. It doesn't matter what season it is. It doesn't matter if like it's appropriate to wear like suede in the summertime or whatever, like stupid things like that. Like, I don't think you should listen to when sometimes your mom's or grandmothers or whoever wants to tell you this or that. But I think if you like a product, just wear it. Wear anything that makes you feel confident. And let's say fashion really just, you're not finding anything. And I'll be honest, these sites have nothing these days. Like there's nothing creative on these, like, I guess, affordable kind of sites. In my opinion, it's been the same old stuff, but even go into like makeup, hair, like there's shoes. There's so many different parts of building your look that you could start with even if fashion isn't one of them. And wear it with confidence. Believe that wearing looks good on me. Or like, you'll probably think that before you walk out, just remember that as you're walking out. And if you think people are staring at you, just own it, just be confident. I think the advice that I would give people, having media sources is like so useful because that's kind of how we all form our identities at this point. We're like creative inspiration for sure. I think when it comes down to shopping and buying the clothes, people underestimate the power of having clothes that fit you well. Yes. And, you know, our bodies fluctuate so much. And I've experienced a lot of that. It is so affirming to have good quality clothes that fit your body. And something that opened me up to that and that made me realize that was getting my clothes altered. And people Mm. don't really think about that. But it's like a lot of these clothes that are sold by, you know, big companies, it's not made in a body inclusive way. And it's mm-hmm. made for a very specific kind of body type, oftentimes. Like, depending like on they the have brand. to standardize somehow. And maybe yeah. like, the system's probably really old, too. Yeah. But like, for example, you know, like there's jeans companies that are based out of LA, like, like Revis Denim and stuff like that. And they run like two to three sizes smaller than the actual number, you know? And like, that's so, so common where I'm from. In general, people with like curvier body types, it's harder to find clothes that truly fit you well. I would encourage people to be open to getting things that feel comfortable. And then if you want to, like get it altered. And I remember like the first time I got my clothes altered to like truly fit me. It was the first time I was in an alterations place to do something beyond a prom dress, you know? It was so gratifying for me. You literally do nothing. You walk in, they measure what you want taken in, and that's it. I try to encourage people to do stuff like that or at least invest in things that you feel comfortable in and that you feel good in. Yeah, as you said, like wearing things confidently in the past, because I tend to, to keep my clothes for a long time, I felt kind of attached or like tied down to keeping the same stuff. But I think right. it's really liberating to be like, these clothes are not you. You can get rid of them. You can sell them. You can give them to a friend that wants them mm-hmm. and go get something that feels like you and that feels right. And if you no longer like the aesthetic that you've been in and has been working for you, or you don't even like the idea of having an aesthetic and you're just like 
I just want to wear whatever I want, whatever day. I'm kind of leaning more into that. And I want to, at least. I mean, I do like a particular look. So it's been easy for me to have a similar aesthetic. But sometimes I just want to wear certain things. Like I bought this, I, oh my God, I bought this dress and I was thinking of you. And it's like a silk, like kind of flowy long dress, but it has like, you know, like the aura prints. It's a color and it's like kind of faded out. You've yes. definitely seen yeah so it's kind of like that long flowy dresses don't look that great on me I look better in like a, a fitted dress but it was so beautiful and I love the way it feels and I was like oh I love that dress and I'm just gonna I've been leaning into wearing more things like that I used to think that I needed to wear like fitted clothes like that was beautiful mm-hmm. but as I've gotten older I've appreciated flowy stuff and like oversized stuff so much more and not in a way where you're like oh I'm like hiding my body but like I appreciate fashion so much more and I think that for me getting into modeling helped with that a lot and it changed my perspective a lot because I have a a much deeper appreciation for fashion as an art form and not just for consumption I have certain dresses and certain pieces that I've invested in where I'm like this is beautiful like textiles and fabrics and lace and you know cotton linen silk like I see it now basically like and it's more than just like oh how how tight is it and like what does her body look like it's like no look at the art look at the piece yes that is exactly the words that like I was trying to say I think that's a really good place to close This was great. This was such a good conversation. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I hope this content helped people figure out how to find their look, how to explore with fashion. I hope this made you feel a little more seen and understood. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you, Kieran, for being here. Thank you for inviting me. I love talking to you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Vibe and Cultivate with Maya. If you would like to support the production of this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. Please visit my link tree via my Instagram at mayatersini or mayatersini.com. If you are listening on Spotify, make sure you follow and turn on your post notifications so that you get notified every single time I post a new episode. Also, please sign up for my email newsletter. You can do so through my website. You will get early access to episodes and special self-care content. So thank you so much again. I hope you all have a great day.